0: Welcome to The Scoop, brought to you by Indeed, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from
1: Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the script brought to you by Indeed. I am Craig.
0: And I am Lauren. <laughs> Craig actually <laughs> forgot his own name a moment ago. But anyway, we've got a big news, <sighs> big
1: weekend news, haven't we?
0: We have back at home now in sunny old Melbourne, freezing oh, yes. my it's ass beautiful. off and literally need to freeze my ass off, everyone, because <laughs> the iters are less than eight weeks away and my dress doesn't do up.
1: Why, why don't you start with a new story to get us off with?
0: All righty. Well, this one I picked up in the HRD, HRD is over half of Australian employers hire retirees amid talent shortage. Mm. Nearly six in ten employers across Australia have hired a retiree in the past 12 months in a bid mm. to bridge the gaps in the workforce. Brilliant. I know. According to a new report by Robert Half found 58% of, of 300 hiring managers said they have employed someone who retired but has since returned to the workforce. And another 37% said that they are considering possibility, while only 5% said they had no plans. So, mm. um, And 47% of those who did said they'd do it again. So I think, yeah, a lot of people are coming Ooh. out of retirement because of, uh, we all know what's going on financially at the moment.
1: Well, that's a bit interesting though. So- Fifty-eight percent of people said they had done it, right? Yeah. And then you said of those that had done it, forty-seven percent would do it again, which means fifty-three percent wouldn't. No, no.
0: Fifty-eight take forty-seven, so that's eleven percent.
1: Oh, okay. math is not your strong suit. Well, I care. thought it was. I thought it was forty-eight percent of those who said yes. Oh my god! Okay.
0: Rightio. So we're gonna move on from that one because mouth is not Craig's strong suit. Hey Go Lauren Tiger.
1: Lauren, do you think we're reaching the point of AI fatigue?
0: I'm sick of you chucking talking about
1: it. <laughs> I know, but I've got another one for you. Oh. From NN Group, and this came off recruiting brain food. We finally have data about the usability of generative AI systems. So chat GTP and the, the rest of it. So support for AI users, including ChatGTP, is as follows. Um, Agents, so support agents or service agents, can handle 13.8% more customer inquiries or HR inquiries. Uh, Business professionals who write 59% more documents an hour, 59% more documents an hour using um, AI, and programmers can code 126% more projects, and that's apparently all proven. So, does that mean AI will replace jobs? Not necessarily, because it, everyone's got to go back and fucking check it. <laughs> it may well help people; they become more efficient in roles and more productive. And isn't that just the nature of normal progress? Well, yeah.
0: I still am yet to put something into Chat GPT and have it come out and be go, "Yep, that's exactly what I wanted."
1: I know, right, but if you just write one sentence to say write me this and then it writes you...
0: Mate, I'm putting links in there as well to stuff and it's still not coming up with the right
1: facts. One day you're going to say, I love it. I do like AI.
0: I just think that there's some issues around it. But anyway, that's my lot to bear. <laughs> anyway, the big question was asked here in Victoria Ooh. last week. Should remote work employees get paid less? The debate on how much remote employees should be paid reignited this well, last week, not this week, when a former Premier proposed to cut the wages of those choosing to work from home. They wheeled out Jeff, Jeff Kennett. Good old Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> In a Herald Sun op-ed, so that's the intelligent <laughs> newspaper. They talked that's about how read. public servants working from home can save money on transportation costs, while frontline workers aren't able to. And this is a quote from Jeff: "Clearly, Victoria's financial position is such that we cannot afford to be increasing salaries. So the most appropriate method is if a person chooses to work from home, whatever the number of days a week, their salary is reduced by a reduction of costs that they would otherwise incur."
1: How very, very stupid of Jeff.
0: Oh, I think we just wheeled Jeff back into his retirement, covered where he fucking came from.
1: Silly, silly man. I mean, look, there would be some people out there listening who agree, I guess, but...
0: I suppose they should agree and things like that, but, like, I know, like, they've been doing remote work in the US for well over a decade now um, with people and then having occasional anchor days and things like that, but it seemed to have worked reasonably well over there
1: for a long time. And let's be honest and I guess this is a, a, a an apology to the public servants listening out there, um, it's not like brain drain work where they need to be in groups and they need to be in the office to get all this And they get 75 new stuff.
0: breaks a day.
1: I know, right? And, and bloody 17.5% extra super or whatever it is and oh, yeah. leave loading, all sorts of shit. So, no, no, Jeff, just pipe down. Yeah, Jeff, stay in retirement. Hey, you touched on it before, but my next big one is the – ITA's finalists have been announced. So finalists for 16 categories for the Internal Talent Awards were announced late last week. There were over 130 submissions and judges worked tirelessly to assess each nomination coming up with a short list for each category. There were five independent judges assessing each award and the winners will be announced at the ITA's gala dinner at Sydney's Ritzy Dalton House on Hyde Park on the September. September the 7th, and aren't we excited?
0: We are excited, but unfortunately, <laughs> for those who don't have tickets, it's a sold out event already. Yeah. So get on that waiting list and uh, on Humanitix and we all via the ITIS website, and we are doing our best to try and accommodate tickets. And I dare people. you to try to sneak in. Oh, you're a fucking idiot, Craig. <laughs> Honestly, I have to work with this shit, people. Honestly, it really is. Uh. Anyway, Australian employees' financial wellness drops to an all-time low. Australian employees' Hmm. financial wellness declined to an all-time low to 24.4% as employers are warned of the situation's potential impact on organisations. Gartner's Global Talent Monitor survey between January and March this year, so this is really new data, discovered that the financial wellness dropped from previous 28% for the Second consecutive quarter, with rising inflation showing no signs of slowing, many Australians are facing serious financial hardship, which we already know. Tell me about which it. is not only incredibly distressing personally, but significantly impacts their work life as well. It's going to impact every aspect of your life, peeps. Yeah, it's impacting everything we do. Like, We're how seeing many it more? How many more interest rate rises can we
1: take? Yeah, and and petrol's back up again.
0: I saw that, had to fill the bloody car up this yeah. week, and it was sitting on the old find a, find a petrol station mode every time I <laughs> turned it on. And I'm like, oh, okay. Holy moly, did yeah. that hit my back pocket!
1: Yes, not good, not good. Um, from me and from our friends at Indeed, sixty nine percent of people are unhappy in their current roles and believe I'm very unhappy a right now. <laughs> <with Craig. laughs> and they believe there's a better job out there for them. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> the oh, twi- please. The twi- Any <laughs> other podcasters need a co-host? I'll take the
1: job. Twenty twenty three Indeed, better work, better lives research. Has revealed that there are top four concerns for Aussie workers. Number one is that they want a sufficiently high income. I would settle for any income at this time. <laughs>
0: After what we just said about interest rates, I think that's a fair bloody thing. I think you and I should go and buy a lotto ticket after this, mate. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. (laughs) Number two is more flexibility in working hours and location. Number three, more training, growth and advancement opportunities. And number four, feeling appreciated by management. Um, Yeah, I don't appreciate you. (laughs) You can read the full article on Indeed's content hub and there will be a link in the show notes. But, um, yeah, a sufficiently high income, that's (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> where, where do we Where do we set the bar?
0: <laughs> well, ours is pretty freaking low right now. All right. So I've got a couple more to go here. Now, this is an AI one, so this is going to be a fun one. I actually don't agree what this says. All right. So the Burson Institute, HR's lack of understanding of AI slows down implementation, a white paper um, by the Josh Burson Your school
1: schoolmistress voice you just like, used then.
0: far out, this guy. Seriously. He, he, there's a hesitation at... Attached to the lack of clarity around AI's scope to transform HR, as HR leaders' lack of understanding of generative AI could be the reason why the emerging technology use across HR departments remains limited, according to this white
1: paper. I agree.
0: I am going to say no. I'd probably think it's a lack of regulation and where it can go. Because no. the minute you put AI into HR, and like we saw with the laws that came out in the state of New York recently, you get hair. the EU AI oh, into shut HR. Up. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm gonna walk out on this podcast the first time ever in a minute, and it—it it basically, I think that HR it's hesitant because of the laws and the legalities around using predictive AI, etc. That's
1: the dummies using with it with people. The, the just the dummies using it.
0: I disagree with you. I know you're an idiot. All right, what's next on?
1: I haven't got any more. I've had that three, is. I've done three.
0: You've done three. Well, this one's a fun one, people, because guess what? I work with a moron. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd end this on a fun note. So somebody with a lot of time on their hands in the UK went in, New UK data reveals Barbie's gender pay cap compared to Ken.
1: Oh, here we go. <laughs> Here
0: go. Well, I thought, considering that Margot Robbie's out there slaying it for us ladies right now with her own production company and Barbie about to be released globally... So why not? So we all had most of us young girls mm. had Barbies. I'm not sure if it's a thing nowadays, but Barbie is well known for her diverse and extensive resume. She's mm. held 59 different roles over her lifetime, 59, including roles. a surgeon, a construction worker, a flight attendant, a coffee shop worker.
1: Sounds more like et the village cetera, people et than
0: etc. Yeah, well, fifty-nine different roles on her CV. So, someone in the UK with time on their hands went through and did um, real-world gender pay gap compared to her male counterpart, Ken. What's Ken's the, job, though? Well, Ken had the same roles as Barbie. All oh, right. So, over a lifetime of work, Barbie would have earned four million pounds—that's seven point seven million Aussie dollars—less than Ken in the exact same roles for just being a woman.
1: No, oh, that's she's that um someone has got too much time on their hands.
0: I know someone's <laughs> got way too much time on their hands. But so basically in her whole entire the data across her lifetime she would have earned 45.4 million pounds thus far. But Ken was coming in at a whopping 49.554
1: million pounds. That's still paid pretty well. Forty-nine, whatever it was, 40-something million million, quid.
0: Four million pounds difference on all those little things. So there you
1: go. How old's Barbie?
0: Barbie, oh, I think Barbie came out in the 50s, if I remember correctly, by Mattel.
1: So for 70-odd years, she's earned 40-odd million quid. If she had those 59 positions. (sighs) Jeez. Mm. No one would be employing her now, though. They'd be saying that she's a job hopper. (laughs)
0: Well, that's a good point. But also another little stat that came out of Barbie's earning capacity is that 90% of Barbie's jobs pay men more money for doing the same
1: thing. That's got to stop.
0: I know. So we're highlighting that gender pay gap that's still there and even it hits Barbie and Ken. Imagine the arguments in the Barbie mansion over that (laughs) one actually owns the Barbie Ferrari?
1: I reckon it's candy. He's got a bit few more dollars well, in the bank.
0: Yeah, <laughs> apparently so. so. Anyway, let's move on to events, everybody. We've got a couple up our sleeve. Um, you have. I have because Craig is <laughs> in holiday mode. So, all right, so TA Brew is on tomorrow, the 20th of July, at the Bodrigi Brew Pub from 12 till 4. I will see you there. Craig is a soft cock and not going. And... <laughs> <laughs> Then, of course, we've got the one, the only, the ATC 2023 Talent Conference coming up in November at Luna Park in Sydney, Wednesday the 22nd and 23rd of November. We will be there. Craig is going to that event. Am I
1: on the... Tight leash on the, the night in oh, between. Oh, I don't even really
0: want to talk to you right now. And anyway, so he is going. We're not supplying you with a deck chair to pass out in the day after he gets shit-faced, but he is there. Yes. And also, with the ITAs coming up on the 7th of July in Sydney, the Sydney Talent Meetup are doing an event the night before on the 6th. Not July, sorry, September. Um, the 6th of September. Perfect. Mm. So, on that note, that's a goodbye from me. It's so a goodbye for me and stay classy, cool and gather. <laughs>